Bulletin. It is uh, 10.42 and I'm really pleased to say we've got uh, Christina Eddy with us this morning on the bulletin because uh, no one I think has been more in touch uh, in terms of the media uh, than Christina Eddy with this uh, Football Women's World Cup which has been absolutely magnificent and tonight uh, Christina, good morning to you, it's Spain versus Sweden at Eden Park, what a Tuesday night. Good morning. It absolutely is. I mean, we've just been so excited about this World Cup in general. I think it's surpassed, I know, my own expectations, but many people's expectations. Um, and the fact that we have another massive semi final still in New Zealand and at Eden Park tonight, um, and I think it's close to a sellout again. It's just fantastic to be pitch side and seeing time and time again, like looking around and, um, you know, Eden Park just packed out. And I just don't think I've seen Eden Park so consistently packed out for such a long time. It's amazing to say. So, Christina, give us a view from the sideline because uh, not many will ever be uh, able to be there. Uh, but when it comes to this World Cup, with this flavour, this patriotic flavour, tell us, tell us what's been so special about it for you. I think it's just been the, the passion and the true engagement from so many people and fans. Like, I mean, you're seeing kids that are writing signs that show that they get the game for a start and second that they know the players. Um, I think even when the football firms were knocked out, you know, there was a little bit like, oh, you know, how will this go for, in terms of capacity and, and interest at the World Cup in New Zealand? And, um, and it's there, you know, like people are turning up, they're choosing a team, they're, they're acting like a true passionate football crowd, which we don't often um, get the experience to, to feel very often. And like when those goals go in, the atmosphere is just electric. And then even on the flip side of that, even just seeing on, you know, social media, on our phones, what's happening in Australia with the Matildas, um, and the fact that the whole nation, like, you know, the nation basically stopped to watch that penalty shootout um, on, you know, airport sort of TVs and, and the, the TV at the West Eagles AFL game as well. I just think that the mm. overall, the whole investment in this World Cup has just been incredible to see. It has been an unmitigated success and we got a text in before to say that they'll go above 800,000 in terms of ground attendance uh, tonight with the, the audience that they will get, which uh, takes it now to be the biggest sporting event ever in New Zealand's history, more so than any Rugby World Cup. Hard to believe, but a fact, I believe. Well, it was what they promised would happen. And, you know, I mean, the key term for this World Cup was sort of dubbed, you know, New Zealand doesn't quite know what's hit it yet. And in so many ways, that is what's happened, especially in, in, the, in the grounds and the likes. Um, I think what we, there's always sort of been this underlying notion of, crowds in New Zealand and do you know do we get behind sport enough and are they loud enough and I think this has just proven that there is appetite in sport in terms of live attendance um, and there are definitely ways to grab those crowds and that's really exciting and promising for, for sport moving forward I mean you know rugby league I mean league doesn't really have to worry they pack out Mount Smart Stadium this year but in terms of mm -hmm. a whole lot of different sports they could really look at sort of maybe the entertainment value I mean obviously the World Cup factor definitely helps that draws crowds but even ticket prices, things like that, just goes to show that there is an appetite fully for sport um, if it's done properly. Rightio, let's get into uh, the meat and drink of these two uh, semi-finals, can we, Christina? Spain v Sweden, how do you see that going tonight? Oh, look, I think if Sweden play like they did in the first 20, they stand somewhat of a chance, but Spain are just incredible, aren't they? I mean... 
they, the fact that this is their first semi-final is actually a little bit surprising um, when you see how they came out and even their opening match of this World Cup. They're just so clinical. They look, they've got so much skill. Um, I was sort of thinking, I mean, I said sort of after the first game, I reckon that they'll win this tournament and I still believe that. I would love to for it to be a Spain-Australia final. I think that would be fantastic. Um, but Sweden will give them a good test tonight and um, Spain are going to have to be on their toes, that's for sure. Yeah, Sweden defensively, I think, will be very strong. But how about the other one tomorrow night? Uh, Australia on this massive, uh, this this thing that's just erupted over there on the back of that. Sam Kerr back, probably about to play a first, first full game of the tournament uh, against an England side, which is uh, without Lauren James, but uh, looking like uh, they know how to win. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to hope that Sam Kerr is back for a full game, right? If you're going to bring her back for a full game, it's definitely now. Um, I think this is, you know, despite the fact this is the last chance tonight to get in behind, you know, a crowd if you're in Auckland to get down to the game if you can, um, this is probably the most exciting semi-final for me, to be honest. I mean, you know, sure, England are favourites on paper, but it was only four months ago that they went down to Australia 2-0, and so they're, they're back for mm. redemption, so to speak, in the semi-final at the World Cup, and Australia have shown that when they're a full-blown side with the confidence they can beat England, and when you've got 75,000 people, I mean, it sounds loud enough at Eden Park with, like, 45,000 people, but 75,000 mm. people in those high-pressure moments for Australia, I actually have to say that I think Australia are going to do it, and that would be just incredible to see them make their first final, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, to hell with super overs and cricket. I mean, a, a penalty shootout and the drama there—that is—that uh, was—that was probably the best drama I've seen in sport that I can recall, and I've seen a lot of it. Oh yeah, I think I aged a few years in that penalty shootout. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised as well to learn that it was the longest in men and women, uh, men or women's uh, FIFA World Cup history as well. Like, I think it was 20 goals in total that they stood therefore so yeah far out there was some drama but it's exactly what you want in these big world cup moments right let's just uh, change direction if we could uh, news coming through and i think this has been on the cards for a while though uh, the black ferns will have their chance to get back uh, on the pedestal as well hosting england and um uh, it's in november so uh, almost a, a i guess you'd say almost a, to the year a, a world cup final replay but not with the same significance no, not with the same significance, but it's massive and such a big win for New Zealand rugby. Like, we've been talking about this. I mean, after that final, that's what we said, you know, for this momentum to continue in women's rugby, we need these big matchups and to have them back here at home a year later and only, you know, sort of a, a few weeks after the World Cup ends in Paris as well. So the vibe of rugby is still strong. Um, it'll be fantastic to see people pack out for that match. And, you know, I think the Black Ferns obviously need it. Um, but it's, it's, it's promising because they're obviously showing good signs that they are committing to um, keeping up the momentum that they started and you know did well last year. It'll be interested to see actually because uh, I can't help but think on the back of this uh, Football World Cup that the injection of football participants at junior level, it must prosper, it really must. And I'm not quite sure numbers-wise whether that happened after the rugby one. Well, they, 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 they say it did, in, in, in a sense, and I think obviously football are expecting it too, but I mean, to be fair, there's already quite big numbers in, in football participation, and yeah, I would imagine that they'll get an influx of people wanting to join them next season too. I think what's important, and one of the things that sort of has been noted is, um, I don't know 
how strong the leagues are for young girls trying to get into rugby and how much opportunity there is there. Mm. So I think that you know, while they are growing momentum in the in, in the international game, one thing that they have probably realised since the World Cup, to be honest, and now that we've had a sort of a grassroots season through the winter, is that they really need to get some legs going for girls to be able to maintain the numbers that show up wanting to play. Because it's all well and Absolutely. good to have girls wanting to play rugby and, and football, but if they're turning up to mm. clubs and they can't, they can't, you know, put them in a good league and make a good experience for them, then they're going to lose them just as quick. Yeah, they've got to find windows and grounds and you know coaches and that sort of thing. But you can't help but think even coaches, even people thinking about getting involved in uh, junior level football, you know, the mums and dads or those people sitting in the grandstand who have been so impressed with what's happened. Um, I, I think it's got to be a great advantage. The, tennis doesn't have the same luxury, I think it's fair to say, Christina, but uh, Co- Coco Goff is coming back to the ASB Classic. She probably will be or could well be the highest-ranked player there uh, because yeah. of the new rules that uh, have been put in place uh, for tournament participation and eligibility, which I think is going to hurt us a wee bit in the long run. Yeah, I think in the face of it, it's a real shame, those rules. You know, so the rules are obviously stating that you can't have players in the top 30. They're trying to get them to go to the higher level um, events. Obviously, I mean, I guess it goes to show that the WTA and ATP tours are struggling a bit. You know, They need those big players at those bigger events that cost more money to put on. And the likes of the ASB Classic in Auckland is collateral damage for that. But in saying that, it's not completely you know, the end of the world because a lot of the big names are outside the top 30 now, especially in the women's field. <laughs> Um, so a lot of the ones that get the because where the ASB Classic does well is obviously in their corporate boxes and their t- and their ticket sales and in terms of physical attendance. And if I've got the names of like Caroline Wozniacki, who I know he's trying to go for, um, names like that, that will still draw people to that event. And I think the other thing it, it should stop is you know these big top thirty players turning up and then you know the likes of last year it was so unfortunate with all that torrential rain that just completely basically buzz killed the tournament. Um, they you know maybe played ten minutes, take their money, retire hurt and head on to the Aussie Open and they're practicing the next day, clearly not that hurt. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of get these big players that have got a lot to lose before the Australian Open. So sure, while it may sort of look all nice and fancy when they announce them as a name, they don't really turn up and play. Whereas the the players they will be getting will be wanting the court time and they will be, you know, turning up to really play and contest for the title. So obviously it's a good sign that Coco Boss is coming back. I know she had her whole family here and even though it poured down with rain the entire time, she loves this tournament. So thank goodness at least they get a good experience and it's enough to draw a big name when they get the opportunity. Uh, speaking of experience, you enjoy tonight, uh, really. I hope uh, you have uh, a fantastic time sideline at Eden Park, Christina. Thanks so much for your time for us this morning and uh, travel well. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. I will.